Welcome back to Seriously Funny. I'm your host, Mashnor Kabir, and I have the reading level of a second grader. This week, when you're listening to this, two weeks ago, I finished fasting for the month of Ramadan. To anyone who observed Ramadan, belated Eid Mubarak, this week, I want to talk about some of the lessons I learned from this year of fasting, and this will be outside of a religious context, so it'll just be lessons from a practice of fasting in itself, which in itself is not uh, innately uh, religious, and so I'm not going to rope that into it. But uh, the first thing to explain is, uh, you know, the fasting I did, uh, specifically, how does it work? So the first thing that, you know, we should just describe is how this fasting works. And so for 30 days, it started on January, February, March, April, April 12th, I think, uh, for 30 days, uh, we, you know, it's not just starving ourselves for 30 straight days, no food, no water, 30 days, don't die, good luck. No, that's not happening. Unfortunately, I'm not a cactus. If I tried to do that, what I would learn is death because I would die. And anyone else that tried that would also probably die. But anyways, the fasting that transpires during Ramadan is more of an intermittent fasting. If you've heard of that, basically you just skip lunch, have an early breakfast, have a late dinner. Uh, So you wake up really, really, really early in the morning before the sun comes up. And so uh, generally the way that it works is no eating or drinking from when the sun goes up to when the sun goes down. But anyways, yeah, you wake up really early in the morning before the sun comes up, which at this time of year with where I live, um, the time is around 4 to 5 a.m. And then you don't eat or drink anything until the sun goes down, which was around 8 to 8.30 p.m. with my geographical location over the past 30 days. Um, And the part that usually surprises people is that you can't drink anything. Most fasting doesn't restrict water intake, uh, but for about 16 to 17 hours, no food, no liquids, and no breathing either. The last the last part's a joke. You can breathe. You're allowed to breathe. Um, but yeah, uh, that that's it. Uh, a lot of people, yeah, the thirst stuff, uh, that is something people are usually surprised about the most. Uh, and yes, if you are curious, the thirst is very much so usually worse than the hunger. If fasting is something you're interested in, for many people, it really does have health benefits. Take a look at your lifestyle. You know, if you're trying to gain muscle and you're going to the gym to exercise a lot, uh, fasting isn't going to be like if you're trying to build muscle, fasting is a horrible idea. So I actually had a fair bit of muscle before fasting and about two or three days before fasting ended, I actually like I looked down at my arm and I realized my arm had shrunk like exponentially, I didn't realize it over the like course of the 30 days, but my arms completely disappeared. Like they, they were pretty solid. Like they were, I kind of, I legit, I was a little bit built in the arms, but then it, they, they're literally just noodles now. And I didn't notice until like right at the cusp at like of the end of Ramadan. It was, it was really sad when I looked down, I'm like, at my arm and I'm like, you know how many months it took to build that and you're telling me within 30 days all of it disappeared what the freaking crap man but 
you know, depending on what you're trying to do with your body and your life, uh, you know, talk to your doctor about it and, you know, fasting might potentially be a good idea for you. And, you know, if you'd like to go for it, it, you know, there is a fair bit of science behind fasting, intermittent fasting, different types of fasting. So depending on what you want, depending on what you're doing. uh, Yeah, again, I lost all of my muscle. I stopped working out for the 30 days of Ramadan because not eating and trying to work out is uh, going to kill you and not drinking and trying to work out is going to absolutely obliterate you. Um, yeah, my arms went from trunks of the California red tree to a noodle. It was very sad. Um, I did still go to work for like three out of the four weeks. One of the weeks I had exams, but, uh, for three out of the four weeks, I still went to work. I have a physical labor job. I'm a janitor. I clean stuff. I move stuff around. So that was really tough. And yes, I did indeed get really, really, really thirsty. My job ends at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. So that means I still had about eight hours after that to suffer. But yeah, um, you know, I'm going to go back to exercising now that fasting is over. And maybe one day my arms will come back to me. Uh, yeah. Moral of the story here, though, just to make sure you're active. If you're not fasting, uh, if you're not active, you'll die. That's, yep. <laughs> so the first thing is lesson number one here. Uh, eating is a really, really long process. God, I, my fasting happened during the rear end and end of my second year uh, or second semester, sorry, in college. And you realize very quickly how much time you suddenly have in the day like compared to all the time I had or compared to the time I had my first semester and the time I had for the first three-fourths of my second semester I got so much more time when I started fasting it's insane to think about how much time I spend and maybe I think most of us that most of us spend on breakfast and lunch. Uh, moreover, one of the reasons you feel like you get more done is because thinking about eating also takes a ton of time. Breakfast, uh, in general, I like usually eat the same thing, eggs, some bread. If I'm really lazy, I'll just make some cereal. But lunch, thinking about what you're going to make, how you're going to make it, and then actually making it it takes a surprising amount of time away from you. Like It's a fair amount of mental thought and mental processes that go into like making food and thinking about food. Um, and, you know, here's the thing. I don't make complex food. I'm not a cook. Uh, I don't really know how to cook. I throw something on a pan maybe, but, you know, that's as far as it goes. I make sandwiches. I'll cut an apple, eat a banana. If I'm feeling really, really fancy, I'll make some turkey bacon, but that's really as far as it goes. I, you know, I'm not a cook and I'm not, I'm not fancy with it. I ain't cool with it. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, this lesson is kind of a weird one because I'm not sure what you actually get out of this lesson. You shouldn't just not eat. You need to eat you know, (laughs) big news there. Yeah, that one. I, you know, I don't have any sources for that one. Maybe you don't need to eat. I'm sorry. I don't have a citation for that one. So maybe it's not true. But generally, most people, I think, need to eat. And you're going to lose some time in order to eat. It happens, you know, whatever. Um, I think that the most important part is how much time you spend 
on thinking about food. Uh, one thing that I can relate to, relate this to, like this whole idea of, uh, you know, taking a lot of time in, uh, in thinking about your food is minimalism. So I'm a minimalist. I practice minimalism. Uh, I try to avoid buying things that I don't need. Most of my shirts are black. Most of my joggers are black. I don't really have to quote, make a decision, end quote, when I need to put clothes on. I pick up the shirt in front of me. I grab one of my pants and do the natural monotone color matching. It looks good enough. Uh, and I don't have to spend hours on choosing clothes, which some people really do, picking out outfits, trying this and that. Basically, every single one of my outfits look the same. Black shirt, black joggers, maybe gray joggers if I'm really feeling fancy, and then a black jacket, uh, usually the same black jacket every now and then I'll put a different jacket on. But, you know, I don't have that many clothes, I kind of just take whatever's in front of me, and I move on. Um, so, you know, really, I think that what you can get out of this is think about how much you think about food. Uh, and sometimes you should think about what you're going to make, sure, you know, you, you want to, you know, sometimes you want to think about what you're going to make. That's fine. Uh, how much time, what you have to think about though is how much time do you waste thinking about food? And this is relative, right? You get to decide when you're wasting your thought capacity. I don't get to tell you how much is too much. You get to. And if you don't feel like you waste time thinking about food, awesome. Then keep on keeping home. You know what I'm saying? So if, uh, if you think that the amount of time you spend thinking about food is great, maybe you're a chef, maybe you're a cook, maybe thinking about food is something you really enjoy, like your threshold for how much you think about food is a lot higher than mine. Like for me, if I think about food for probably over 10 minutes, I'm probably wasting time, I should just go downstairs and grab an apple or something. But you know, yeah, so you get to decide that, but you will save a ton, a ton of time in the day. If you, you know, uh, just chill out thinking about food. And before I hit the third point, I, I, I want to say, so a lot of people, when they talk, we have what I call, uh, man, frick. I had a word for it and I lost it, but it's the us, the ums, the likes, uh, and the, you knows when we talk, a lot of times when we talk, a lot of us aren't the most eloquent speakers. Every time we speak, every single sentence, every single three, four words. I, um, you know, uh, like, uh, it's, uh, some people really do talk like that. Um, it's not something we teach. I just did it. It's not something we teach in school very often. And for a lot of us, it's just a part of our natural, uh, vernacular. And so if that's the case, work on it. But for me, surprisingly, I don't, uh, um, that much too much. Sometimes I do. Uh, if I, write the script for the, or if I write show notes and I don't really script my show out, then I will have a lot more uhs and ums because I'm legitimately coming up with really, really long sentences and paragraphs to say at a time. Rather than thinking about what sentence am I going to say next, I usually tend to think about what paragraph or string of sentences I want to say one after another. And so when I'm doing that, there's a lot more uhs and ums. Today and probably for the next episode I record here, there's less us and ums because a lot of what I'm saying is legitimately written out. Right now, I'm speaking off the cuff completely. But generally, a lot of what, I, uh, what I'm what i reading here is legitimately reading. I'm literally just reading through things. And every now and then, I'll throw something extra in there. Sometimes I have a typo because I don't edit these things. And then I have to like fix that in my head. But 
you know, I'll, I'll make another episode at one point about how to eloquently speak. For me, though, I wanted to say my thing is, you know, like I say, you know, a lot. Maybe you don't notice, but now that I pointed out, you'll probably notice every time I say it for the next, for the rest of this episode. But the thing is, you know, is something that kind of fell out of, fell out of touch a few years ago. My generation, the kids my age, we use like a lot and we use uh and um a lot. For me, I don't use like that much, if ever. Like, I don't, I just said, I don't trip up using like very much, but for me, yeah, for some reason, I'm just extremely old, and I use you know a lot, so yeah, I, I don't know, just a random tangent, but yeah, at one point, I'll I'll go ahead, and after this episode, I'll, I'll write down the episode idea for how to speak well, because there's simple tips you can include, um, or implement into your speech in order to uh, speak more articulately, or eloquently, and there's things you can do to completely remove the uhs, ums, and likes from your speech. Some of it is counterintuitive. Some of it makes sense, but we'll get there when we get there. Anyways, uh, let me get you, hit you with that second lesson from Andan. The second lesson that I came to, uh, or that came to me, I guess, that's usually how I like to phrase it, uh, while I waste time, or while I, what the frick? Remember how I said I don't edit these scripts? I literally don't know what I... The second lesson that came to me while I waste taking, I don't, I don't know what the frick I was trying to write there. The second lesson that came to me while I was, while I was, is probably what I was trying to write, while I was taking out some trash at work. Uh, and this is a statement I think about from time to time. And it's not that, uh, and, and it's not that, uh, and the statement is the arrow of time only marches forward. I first heard the quote on BoJack Horseman, an absolutely incredible Netflix show. The full quote being, uh, time's arrow neither stays still nor reverses, it merely marches forward. And it's from the episode Time's Arrow, if I'm not wrong. I really, really, really recommend watching BoJack Horseman. And yes, this is a statement that really sticks with me. I, uh, I think about this one a lot. I don't know why it's not deep. Like, it's not like I think about it a lot. I contemplate about it. I cerebrate over it. It's one of my effing recurring thoughts and nightmares. No, but it's a thought that comes to mind every now and then because it's really, it's a lesson I learned from the clouds and the trees. Everything keeps moving. But when just that idea and the, the quote kind of sounds weird, right? The arrow of time only marches forward. And, you know, that's just weird. Like time is an arrow how does an arrow march, you know? And so I don't know, that like weird little nonsensical gobbledygook statement uh, really sticks with me. And, you know, while I was checking out the trash at work, uh, which is a physical labor job, which is, oh wait, I already talked about this. And yeah, while I was taking the trash out, although I was hungry and thirsty, I thought about how, although every fasting day I get hungry, I get thirsty, at some point the sun goes down and I can eat food and I can drink water. And in life, although things really, really suck sometimes, and all you can think about is how much they suck, especially if it's a physical ailment where your brain will more or less really put an emphasis on the physical issues and pain, e.g. hunger. However, even though it sucks, I can't say that it'll, you know, I can't say it'll get better. 
like you'd normally hear in this context, right? Inspirational, great podcast about lifting you up and motivating you. But I, I just, I can't tell you that it'll get better. I don't know your situation. I don't know who you are. I don't know the information necessary. I don't know the context. I just don't, I can't promise you that it'll get better. And I don't like to give people that dumb, empty, stupid promise. Um, because, you know, there's a chance that it doesn't get better. Heck, there's a chance that it gets worse, okay? And so I'm not going to lie to you. I am not a fan of people telling other people that things will just get better, unless they know that. Um, they're not God and can't tell the future, people that say that. Uh, unless, of course, they can tell the future. And, you know, in which case, no problem. Go ahead and tell people it's going to be effing fine. But... What I can tell you for a fact is that no matter what's happening, what will happen, what has happened, no matter what's wrong, no matter what pain you feel, no matter what pleasure you feel even, the arrow of time only marches forward. Time will continue to move forward and the life that you live will continue going on. Something I need to think about is what happens when you don't follow that arrow? What happens when you let that arrow pass you? It's an interesting thought, and I don't have an answer, but I feel like I could find one, so I'm going to shelf that for now. Uh, I'll write it down somewhere, and one day, I'll think about it. You know what I'm saying? Maybe I shouldn't promise it like sleep, which is the the sleeping will be resumed studying like after recording this tomorrow, I I, I guess. So... Yeah, I'm procrastinating on an issue about time that really helps my point. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, anyways, the last thing I want to mention for fasting is one of the primary reasons it's done for Ramadan, uh, empathy. Some people are homeless. Some people don't get to eat or drink for more than just one day. Uh, and holy crap, if you've ever starved yourself, you don't know the pain. But please, holy crap, man. Uh, you know, after when you do the fasting and after how hungry and thirsty you might feel at the end of the day, to imagine that someone does that for more than one day. Uh, if you see someone that's less fortunate and you're in a position where you can feasibly give them some food or water and it's innocuous to you, like, you know, don't don't go broke and go hungry to feed someone else, maybe. But, but you know, general advice, I don't, some people might tell you to do that. I generally don't tell people to do that. But yeah. As someone who's starved and thirsted myself for a meager 16 hours for 30 days for the past, I don't know, seven, eight years, I can't imagine the pain of starving for multiple days without the hope or knowledge that at some point you will be able to eat. At least I know that at like eight, whatever o'clock, that I will get food and I will be able to eat. That when that arrow of time keeps going, at one point, food will be going in my face. So please help out your fellow humans. That's a request from me. If you see someone that can't help himself, uh, well, they can. If you see someone that doesn't have some food or water, just simply that, uh, help them out. Uh, you know, if it doesn't hurt, harm you, go for it. But, you know, that's all for uh, this week. Since I didn't talk about anime in the intro, I f intro, intro, I finished watching bottom tier character Nozaki, which was pretty good. It's about a loser that goes on self-development quest and Invincible, which isn't an anime, uh, but it's a cartoon. It's also pretty, really, pretty, pretty, really great. Uh, it has a really great plot. It's an action uh, about superheroes. Uh, give it a watch. It's uh, a little bit realistic and really cool. 
Aside from that, I have to record another episode after I edit and schedule this one. So I'm going to talk to you again in, for me, a few minutes, but you'll hear from me again next week. Until then, thanks for listening to this episode of Seriously Funny. I love you. Peace.